Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Court Today replay on C103. This is Court Today. Court Today with Patricia Messenger on C103. Court's greatest And a very good morning as we welcome you along on this very, very, uh, more than, I was going to say chilly Thursday, it's more than chilly, it's absolutely freezing out there and these freezing conditions are set to continue for the next few days as much of the country is enduring what Met Erin are describing as a short, sharp blast of Arctic-influenced weather. The snow and ice warning that has in, been in place in the entire country overnight, that is lifted from now from 10 a.m. AM, but it is being replaced by a cold temperature alert. Nighttime readings were, will be well below freezing for the rest of the week and daytime temperatures in many places will be slow to go beyond zero degrees and actually that's where we are here in Cork at the moment we're just at zero degrees there'll be freezing fog in places widespread frost and icy patches throughout the day we had a low of minus four degrees last night but that's expected to dip even further tomorrow night Friday night is expected to be the coldest night of the week and this, it's the deep cold means any snowfalls can be expected to lie particularly on higher ground and even the light dust that we've been experiencing this morning are expected to make roads and paths quite treacherous and met Aaron are saying anyone carrying out essential duties in the coming days need to take extra care even though Transport Infrastructure Ireland now pains to point out that all preparations are in place for gritting the roads and 200,000 tonnes of salt is available at regional depots all over the country. They have gritting trucks out and they even have snow ploughs at the ready if they need to deploy them. Now they're not saying that we're going to get anything as bad as needing slow snow ploughs but they are ready uh, in, if God forbid the weather t- turned really bad but certainly bitterly, bitterly cold for the rest of this week today included so so just be careful if you do need to go out and of course you should only be going out if it is for essential services essential reasons and if you need to go to the shops if you need to go to the pharmacy wherever just be careful if you're walking because the footpaths I was watching it this morning as I was coming to work there wasn't that much traffic on the road as I was coming to work but certainly you could see the footpaths they were like sheets of glass so please be very very careful now John Paul is taking your calls at 1850 33 
103 103. You can text or WhatsApp 086 103 103. We will be talking about the tough new restrictions which were announced yesterday and the government feeling they've no other choice. They're trying to stem the massive surge in COVID-19 cases. Guard the checkpoints are returning as and from today. It's a part of additional policing measures and all due to the level five lockdown. So you can be, you can, if you are heading out, as I say, it should only be for essential reasons, but you can expect to see guard the checkpoints all over the place uh, during this level five lockdown. So we'll be going through the various different areas and what was announced yesterday. I don't really know if there was any real surprises. Everything had been leaked out. I think everything that happened we had heard about. We will be this morning focusing on Leaving Cert students because it seems not all Leaving Cert students are happy with the news what was announced yesterday that while schools are closing the only ones who will be attending secondary schools will be the Leaving Cert students. They'll go in for three days a week and then they'll, they'll do two days a week with remote learning. And when I heard it being announced I thought oh goodness me Leaving Cert students well, they, they'll be happy with that because you know most Leaving Cert students want to do their Leaving Cert you would assume and you would assume the teachers would be happy about it but as soon as Norma Foley and the Tisha Kondonis that made the announcement uh, yesterday you could see a wave of uh, people really not happy with this decision. People, I suppose, are just very nervous about the this particular surge of COVID-19. I mean, we've never had anything like the amount that's out in the community and our hospitals are just stretched to the limit. People are just afraid. So we will be speaking with a teachers union on the programme today and we're also speaking with one of those Leaving Cert students, student who certainly doesn't seem to be happy about the idea of heading back into school next week. And while all of that was happening and we were all coming to terms with the new lockdown in this country, suddenly we were hearing about what was going on in Washington, in Washington, D.C., in America. And it was jaw dropping to watch what was happening in America. I'm assuming the bulk of us all switched over at some stage last night to CNN, who were giving live pictures of what was unfolding and um, Nick Allen is writing in the Irish Independent today and like he says the scenes of angry hordes storming the US Capitol will forever taint Donald Trump's legacy and it marks one of the darkest moments of American political uh, history as his most fervent supporters scaled the walls of the hallowed seat of US democracy many Americans watching on television were shocked were appalled and were disgusted and can I add to that I think people from all over the world watching it on their television screens were shocked appalled and disgusted a bitterly divided United States will struggle to recover from a day that shook the country to its foundations and watching the scenes of anarchy of Trump supporters in red hats wandering around the corridors of power. Many Republicans will have decided that they do not still want Mr Trump to be a part of it. To many, it looked like it was an attempted coup and Donald Trump was failing to stop it. At times, if you were following him on his social media accounts, it looked like he was actually encouraging it. It was hard to see how the relationship between Donald Trump and the Republican Party will ever recover from those scenes yesterday. For some time, many senior Republicans had been one wondering what they had unleashed by backing Donald Trump in the first place. And as he left, 
they had their answer, a desire for power at all costs, um, regardless of the Constitution. And with the chaos unfolding, some Republicans actually turned on the President, Congressman Mike Gallagher, who is a former Marine, said he had not seen similar scenes since he served in Iraq. He called on the government last night to tell the protesters to disperse, saying it was the first time he ever wanted Donald Trump to send out a tweet. And there was that feeling when you were watching it. You know, it did look like that this was coming from some country that had been led by some kind of a, a dictator who had, had unleashed the most awful cruelty on it, on their people and that it was the people, you know, standing up and saying we have had enough and it was some kind of a coup, you know, to take back power. And then suddenly you realise this isn't a dictatorship. This is coming from one of the leading democracies of the world, you know, of the free, free countries. It was really just truly, truly jaw-dropping uh, to watch. And interesting that Mike Gallagher was saying, you know, he was hoping for the first time ever that Donald Trump would start uh, tweeting and he was tweeting for a time last night but then all of his social media accounts were suspended I think it's suspended for 12 hours uh, because he was seen as uh, inciting violence and that has got to be a first that a President of the United States would have their social media accounts suspended because of what they were actually uh, tweeting. And then bringing it home here to Ireland the veteran Fianna Fáil politician and former Justice Minister Willie O'Dea is warning the outgoing President Donald uh, Trump not to consider coming to Ireland because of the COVID-19 lockdown. Willie O'Dea, now he was speaking ahead of the chaotic scenes, by the way, that what had happened in the US capital. But Willie O'Dea warned, Donald, warned that Donald Trump may switch his upcoming plans to travel to Dunbeg rather than go to Scotland. And this was following the Scottish First Minister Nicola Sturgeon's announcement that he cannot fly to Scotland to play golf on the inauguration day of US President Joe Biden. Uh, Willie O'Dea says, we cannot have a carrier coming into this country for a game of golf at this time, no matter who that person is. US Republican sources in recent days had indicated that Donald Trump was planning to visit the golf resort he owns in Scotland. And he was planning to be out of America on the day of Joe Biden's inauguration. You know, he wouldn't sit there as other previous presidents have done. I mean, it's the mark of the man, isn't it? So he was decided, no, I'll leg it out of the country. I'll show total disregard for the inauguration. And what will I do? I'll go play golf in my resort in Scotland. Anyway, Nicola Sturgeon, the Scottish First Minister, got wind of it and she came out on Tuesday and she said, any plans by Donald Trump to come and play golf in Scotland will not be allowed. She explained the country is in a COVID-19 lockdown and Mr. President or Mr. Former President, as he'll be then, you are not welcome. So Willie O'Dea has, has jumped on this bandwagon and says, OK, if he's not allowed into Scotland, there is the possibility that Donald Trump may switch that transatlantic golf trip and instead of going to Scotland, he might instead decide to come to Ireland because we know he has a golf resort in uh, Dunbeg. So, William D says he must be made aware of the COVID-19 regulations. He said there are rules now in place in this country and they have to be adhered to right across the board. If he comes, he'll have to show he's taken the vaccine. And if he goes to Dunbeg, he'll have to isolate for two weeks. And by the way, Mr. Former President, there will be no golf because all Irish golf courses are closed as part of the lockdown. And we can't have what Willie O'Dea says would be a golf jamboree in Dunbeg for the TV cameras while the inauguration is going on. And then Willie O'Dea says, we don't want to appear rude 
or anything like that and or anything that would do things that might cause offence in the, U- the US. But he said they they have taken a stand in Scotland. They've made it clear any visit is a no-no. Uh, so he's saying we here in Ireland, we could through diplomatic channels just send a message to the Trump camp that any idea of a golfing trip in Doombeg is just a non-starter given the times we're in and he says do it now rather than have a standoff in Shannon Airport because he said it would avert any misunderstanding let Donald Trump's camp know that now that he can't go to Scotland well he can't come to Ireland uh, either because all the golf courses are closed. Now with rising COVID-19 cases in this country the government yesterday took the decision to introduce tougher new restrictions. Joining me to discuss what's been introduced to Adam Higgins who is political correspondent with the uh, Irish Sun newspaper. Good morning to you Adam. Good morning Patricia thanks uh, for having us Well on. You're, you're very welcome to the programme. I suppose yesterday while there wasn't a lot of surprises most of it had been leaked out and we knew what was going to be announced but there was no real surprise to hear that schools in the main are to remain closed. Well that's right there was one big surprise that has come as a bit of a shock to the many in the education sector is that the government are going to try and keep leaving cert in school part of the time. So from next, from obviously this week straight through to the end of the month, schools will be closed for the main part, except for schools for children with special needs and classes for children with special needs. And then that had all been well flagged, as you said there. But the one thing that hadn't been flagged up before, which came as a bit of a surprise yesterday, was that for three days a week, leaving cert students will be allowed to come into school for in-class lessons with teachers. And... That's something that has caught the unions and principals and teachers off guard because they were expecting it to be a, a across-the-board blunt closure of all schools. But Norma Foley is the education minister, and she was particularly pushing this point that she believes that leaving search students should really get some in-class time with their exams coming up this summer and the mocks and, and exams like that. So that's something that's causing a bit of trouble now this morning, uh, the opposition parties, Labour in particular, uh, believe that the, the schools should have cl- closed across the board. And that the, they're questioning whether the leaving cert classes coming in was signed off on by the chief medical officer and NEFIT as safe for health, health measures with this amount of virus circulating in the community. Yeah, and when I was watching the press conference yesterday, you know, Norma Foley, uh, the education minister, was, you know, made it sound like that all the partners in education, all of the stakeholders had all been consulted and everyone was in favour of it. And almost as soon as the announcement was made, all of the teachers unions were up in arms as if they certainly hadn't been consulted. You're completely correct, Patricia. That was one thing that, that Minister Foley seemed to be. There was two points that Minister Foley was uh, pains to point out. And the first one was that she repeatedly claimed that the schools are a safe place, that the virus is not transmitting within schools as much as people fear that it is, and that they, the education sector has done a brilliant job in keeping to the health measures and making schools a safe place. Regardless of that, they... Uh, she said that there was 1.1 million people involved in the movement when it comes to opening schools between teachers and students and things like that. So that's why they've made the decision to close the schools because they don't want 1.1 million people moving about the country when this virus is circulating so much in our community. And then, as you correctly pointed out, she said that she had spoken to all the stakeholders involved and she actually said, name-check students, parents and 
uh, teaching groups that she has spoken to and said that these people have all been on board with the plan. And yet we look at the, the reports this morning that principals are considering going against the rules and, and keeping schools closed and teaching, leaving search students remotely in any way, and that unions were caught off guard by it and, and are gravely concerned about bringing... It's about 60,000 leaving search students into classes uh, over the next few weeks while such a, a boom of virus is going around the country. Yeah, and actually we'll be talking later on in this hour with the ASDI and we'll also be speaking with uh, one of our own local leaving search students who certainly isn't um, happy about it. OK, moving on then to uh, construction. The construction sector will partially close is probably the best way of saying it from six o'clock t- uh, tomorrow because um, there is essential work. And do we know what essential work will be? That's a good question. So uh, I actually asked the, the Taoiseach that question myself yesterday about um, what are the differences when it comes to essential work. So we're looking at projects like hospitals, schools, social housing. And then he also clarified that housing projects, public or private, that are almost complete, that the finishing work can be done to those projects in order to get people into their homes. So, for example, if some of your listeners here have just bought a new home and they're waiting for the final phase to be completed, you know, snag lists and utilities, things like plumbing and electricity to be put into the home, that work can still be carried out over the next few weeks in order to get people into their homes. So things like that can still happen. So you're right to call it. It's a partial closure of the construction industry, but it will still lead to more than 150,000 workers uh, out of a job wow. for the next month. And also it will lead to all those workers going back onto the pandemic unemployment payment, which is something that we've heard a lot about over the past year. How have the Construction Industry Federation reacted to that news? Are they very disappointed? Well, they did say that. The Construction Federation of Ireland did say that they were disappointed at the measures and they were pains to point out that they have followed all of the health uh, restrictions and they're building sites in Ireland are as safe as anywhere else in the country when it comes to the spreading of the virus. And it's an it's interesting point that the construction industry keeps bringing up is that the first time we went into this strict lockdown in March, we were the only country in Europe to close construction. And this time around again with the, with the third wave, we're one of the few countries in Europe again that are closing construction. And the, the construction industry are keen to point that out to that, that Ireland is going against the grain on this decision than some of our neighbours. OK, a listener wants to know if she has a problem with a leaking washing machine. Can she call out a plumber? 100% she can, yeah. Okay. All essential utility uh, measures such as, you know, plumbers, electricians, carpenters, builders, they can still be called out for emergency work in houses. That's all completely fine. OK, click and collect is gone. What's, what's the thinking and the rationale behind that? This was a fascinating one that kind of broke during the week uh, that the government are now moving to stop retailers run, click and collect. So, for example, if you ordered something online and then you'd walk to the shop and pick it up, you can no longer do that anymore. Everything has to be moved to click and delivery, I think was the phrase that, that was used last night. And the thinking is that the government wants to stop as much movement as they can. So they want to keep people in their homes as much as they can. And by removing that option of people being able to walk down to the shop and collect something, they're then keeping that person in their house longer. So that's, that was the thinking behind that. Now, it doesn't affect things like, for example, you'll still be able to walk down to your local cafe and pick up a coffee, things like that. But okay. food is, is not really affected. But this is more, you know, retailers, clothes retailers, things like that. But people who want to go for a takeaway pint. Takeaway points are completely off the table. Now, this is one that 
will be worth watching over the next couple of days because while the Taoiseach said last night, he said his, he was very clear in what he was saying, that forget about takeaway points, that no pub or restaurant should be serving takeaway points. He hasn't clarified whether he's going to introduce new legislation to clamp down on that because while there is... Uh, just before the new year, I think it was in November, the health minister did bring forward new regulations to clamp down on takeaway points. But the government can't really ban the selling of takeaway points, but they can fine people for gathering together outside to drink alcohol. So that's what the new measures would be. You could, you'd be fined if you and a friend met together to have a few drinks outside a pub, but they can't stop the pub selling takeaway points because there's an issue there because all pubs have an off-license license, and if they were going to clamp down on the pubs doing it, they would also, I believe, have to curtail off-license, general off-licenses. So that is going to be one to be interesting though, to watch over the yeah, next couple of absolutely. weeks, whether people yeah. will still go against the grain and, and go and sell points, you know? Now, we know there's been a ban on flights in and out of the UK since, since before Christmas. That ban is going to be lifted, but new rules for people travelling into this country. You're right, yeah. So over the next, I think it's until Saturday, there is still that blanket ban on all flights from the United Kingdom into Ireland. And that also extends to South Africa as well, who have their own new strain of the virus. So there's the, so South Africa and UK flights coming in are banned from Ireland. And that's up until Saturday. And afterwards, after Saturday, all of passengers travelling from the UK or from South Africa into Ireland will have to have a negative PCR test for the virus. So you'll have to come up to passport control, give them your passport and then give them your negative test. And that test has to have been carried out 72 hours before you got on your flight. And that is something that people have called, opposition parties have been calling for that for a long time, from the very first wave of this pandemic. And it's something that a lot of people are now wondering, why did we take so long to bring that measure mm. in? And it's something that the government have said, and Minister Ryan said last night, that they will consider extending that measure out to all flights. So that's something to watch now over the next couple of weeks, whether whether that happens and, and which country will be hit with that 72-hour rule. Could I fly into Belfast and then can you jump into my car and travel down to Cork? You, well, at the press conference last night, Minister Ryan was asked about that issue, what's, what's been called the Dublin Dodge, where you can fly into Belfast and come back down to Dublin or wherever else you want to go, or you can fly into Dublin and go north. And that is still an issue and it's still a problem and I don't think there's really a solution from that for that from the government's point of view. Okay, a listener wants to know what about builders, providers, the likes of Woodies and those, will they be allowed to remain open? They will be allowed to remain open but I think it might be just delivery. I'm not, the, the likes of click and collect for places like Woodies if you were going down to pick up stuff, I think that's gone now unless they are an essential business which will have to be clarified now today. Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, it depends on what, you, what you're picking up from it but yeah, it, it looks like it will be just uh, delivery um, uh, only. Okay, and then at the end of it all there is a bit of good news on the vaccine front. We had the approval yesterday from the EMA of the Moderna vaccine. Yes, this is another um, weapon in, our, in the government's arsenal of, of fighting this virus. So we have, uh, we've had the, the Pfizer-BioNTech uh, vaccine now for the past couple of weeks, and I think 35,000 people by the end of this week will have, have gotten that vaccine this week, and then it'll be 40,000 the week after that, and 40,000 each week for the next two months. That's, that supply has been secured and will, will happen over the next two weeks. Now, Moderna was given the green light by the European Medicine Agency yesterday, Minister Donnelly is today figuring out when we'll get them 
the, those doses, how many we'll get and, and when they can start rolling them out. Now, we know that Ireland has already in an advanced purchase agreement with Moderna for about 800,000 vaccines and you still have to get two uh, jabs of that vaccine. So that would be enough to, to cover about 400,000 people. But the Moderna vaccine is a little bit more easier than Pfizer because it doesn't require that deep freeze cold condition. The minus 70 degrees, yeah. Exactly. So it's a little bit easier to facilitate when it's being rolled out. The government, the T-shirt did point out one thing uh, last night about vaccines, which I found interesting, is that there's a third vaccine coming down the line, uh, the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine, which has already been used in some countries. And he said that would be a game changer if the EMA gave that a green light, because we have about 3.3 million in an advanced uh, purchase order for doses of that. And it doesn't require the same deep freeze as Pfizer. So it's a lot easier to roll out. We'd have a lot more of it and we get it a lot quicker. So as soon as that AstraZeneca vaccine gets the green light by the EMA, it looks like the, the, the vaccine campaign will really ramp up here. But in the meantime, we are facing just an explosion of COVID cases. I mean, yesterday's 7,836. Yeah, and on the day that we introduced one of the harshest lockdowns, we've had during this pandemic is the day that we have the biggest number of cases in one day uh, since since more than since past March, since the entire pandemic began. And it doesn't really show any sign of stopping at the moment. I mean, a lot of these cases will have come from people meeting up over the holidays, you know, Christmas and New Year's and things like that. And it takes, I think it can take up to two weeks for those cases to kind of filter all the way through. And the real issue here for, for the state and for, for the government is how that impacts the hospitals, because we've already seen this morning that more than a 1,000 people are currently in hospital with COVID-19. That's the most we've ever had in hospital throughout the whole, whole entire pandemic, including last March when things were, were really scary at the, during the first wave. And when that translates through to people get, it can take up to a week or two for people to get really sick with this virus, and then they end up in hospital, and then they might deteriorate and end up in ICU. And that will put pressure because we've only got a limited amount of ICU capacity left. And once that becomes overwhelmed, it starts to move into a very difficult situation for the hospitals of where they can treat patients and the sort of quality of treatment they can give the patients. So that that's going to be a, a scary one to, to watch over the next few weeks. Yeah. And unfortunately, while this lockdown is in place, and while these cases continue to, to climb in the way that they are, things are only going to get worse. Okay, and one very final question from Mary, one of our listeners. So what happens to a person who doesn't have a COVID test done before getting on the plane and they arrive into Dublin or Cork Airport? What will be, be done with them? Will they be put back on a plane? They can, those people who arrive into the country without a test, the Minister, Minister Ryan last night said, they can be arrested and can face a fine of up to, I think it was €2,500 or six months in prison. Okay. All right. Okay. That's a good deterrent. Listen, uh, Adam, pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for that. And thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Good morning to you. That is uh, Adam Higgins, who is the political correspondent with the Irish Sun newspaper. 1850 333 103. Court today on C103. With McCroom Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See McCroomMotors.com. Just to clarify, when somebody was asking about building providers and would they remain open, I've just checked on gov.ie and hardware outlets, builders, merchants and outlets that provide whether a retailer or a hotel 
wholesale basis hardware products necessary for home and business maintenance and construction and development remain open as they do for farm equipment as well and then somebody else is asking they have an appointment at, at an opticians are opticians uh, remaining open and yes under level 5 opticians do remain open but any parts of the premises it can't be open to the general public for browsing but if you have an appointment at the optician yes go ahead with your appointment and as the Taoiseach yesterday moved Ireland into a tougher level of lockdown as a result of what he said of a tsunami of infections all schools are to remain closed with the exception of special needs classes and opening for classes for this year's Leaving Cert students to get the views from teachers. I'm joined by Anne Pickett, President of the ASTI. Good morning to you Anne. Good morning. Now Anne, you have concerns about the announcements that were made, were made yesterday. What are your main concerns for teachers and students about returning to the classrooms even if it is for just three days a week? Our concern started um, in December. Well, people have been concerned all the time since August going into schools, but have done very well. So we've been particularly concerned since December when we heard about the new variant, which has huge transmission rates. And we wrote to the minister on the 23rd asking uh, for her to confirm and assure us how safe schools would be after Christmas. Now, since then, the numbers have soared hugely. Um, into their thousands. So as you can imagine, we're very worried about that. So we were quite surprised with the announcement about leaving certs and teachers and special students having to go back three days a week. And yet Norma Foley, the Minister for Education, and said that stakeholders in education were consulted and she almost made it sound like that the stakeholders, and she quoted, she name-checked teachers, parents, students as being in favour of yesterday's announcement. No, we we had a meeting arranged for Monday and we met on Monday and at that meeting we presumed there would be somebody from health to talk to us about the new variant and how it would affect our members. Um, we didn't get that. We were told at that meeting that schools would open. And then we were told um, following that, well, we, we heard at the meeting we got a briefing rather than engagement. And I don't know if anyone was really interested in listen, listening to our concerns but we were told that schools would open for three days next week, um, which is quite surprising. The Taoiseach, though, at pains to point out, Anne, that 75% of schools did not engage with public health, meaning that they didn't have any cases of uh, COVID-19. And once again, sending out that message that schools are safe. Well, I wonder about this. I read some comments online and I heard of schools where people... Um, were sick and they were never contacted by public health. So that could be one explanation. Another explanation is we have asked for figures and we have been getting sets of figures. But if you look at the figures, so for example, the week before Christmas, it says that in post-primary schools, there were four cases. Now, seeking clarity on that, we were told again the other day that they were four close contacts. But in reality, there are there were 643 under 18s infected that week. Now, maybe not detected in schools, maybe not examined, and maybe didn't go home sick from school, but that week you had that huge number. But they were recorded in a different table. So while there might be statistics to say schools are safe, there are huge numbers of infections among young people. And if there are big, huge numbers in the community as well, they will be reflected in schools. And yeah. the I think it's very very different. I think the fi- the figures in the community where we are now at the start of January are very different to where we were in December. 
Yes, very much so. And why we're also worried is because often students don't exhibit any symptoms. And increasingly more so, we're hearing about adults going to hospitals for different things, be it operations, and they're finding, unknown to themselves, that they too have COVID. Would it also be very difficult for teachers to teach those who are in the school for the, for the three days while also having to do the remote learning with the rest of the pupils? Yeah, it would because they'll, they'll have to be on the school premises to teach their leaving certs whatever time they will be scheduled to have them. So they might have a leaving cert at nine o'clock in the morning and they might have another leaving cert class at three o'clock in the evening. So then everything else will have to be done during the day they'll have to remain at school. I heard about one teacher last night who had four leaving cert classes. So she said she would be in contact with up to 90 leaving cert students. And yet at the same time, herself, her family, her parents have been keeping away from everybody else all the time. So this is a big problem. Huge numbers travelling around the country, huge numbers gathering, and then huge numbers going home with a a variant now that, that is very dangerous. Would some of your members also have issues with childcare if they are parents of primary school children with the primary schools closed? Yeah, of course, that would be a big problem as well. We have a a lot of younger teachers who would have children in primary schools, maybe two, three or four children, with nobody to mind them. So that would also be an issue. And yet remote learning doesn't work for everybody. We would particularly have a number of listeners in rural areas uh, and where they don't have decent broadband. So rural, yes. remote teaching isn't the answer either. It's not the answer, but if you think about the fact that we're in this this pandemic, the numbers are enormous. We don't expect this will be for too long, particularly with the leaving cert. We want the numbers to peak and reduce and then go back to school. And the last time remote learning was sort of, it just appeared from nowhere. We had no choice. We had to do it. And people got better over the weeks and for what teachers did then for the pupils who might have had problem accessing, in some cases they phoned them, they sent work in the post, they put work up that they could access when they managed to get near a computer. And um, But I think even now it might even be better. We have also asked that every teacher and every student be provided with laptops um, for this. That still hasn't been achieved, but a lot of teachers do have laptops. But we would hope that this would be a means of getting us through the next two weeks And if I could also make another point about the Leaving Cert, because there seems to be an assertion going around that either the Leaving Cert go back to school or they they have to have calculated grades. I don't think that's true. I think two weeks of remote learning will work. And I also think that exam papers can be adapted and modified and flexibility can be shown so they they can tackle whatever exam paper they have to face in the summer. And could you not just take the month of January off as holidays and swap it out for some of the Easter holidays or take a month off the summer holidays? We could, but I suppose it is time to do some school work. We're aiming to have exams as normal in June. So we we would like that. The teachers would need to be available to correct the exams in June. And then also concessions would have to be made because they may have to run a second sort of set of exams for students who might be sick. So that would take up most of the summer. And the state exams in the UK and Northern Ireland have been cancelled. Should we follow suit here? A listener wants to know. No, I really don't want that to happen. Um, we, we eventually gave in to the idea of calculated grades last year. For teachers, it was a once-off commitment. It wasn't a great system. It got us through. There were extra problems that we couldn't have imagined at the end. 
um, students were worried about their final results, that they should have got more and that they should have got different places at college and so on. We really don't want to be in that situation again. We would really like um, a Leaving Cert, but not a Leaving Cert that is going to totally pressurise our students. A Leaving Cert that is doable and fair, impartially set, fairly marked, where everybody around the country is marked the same standard, not teachers in different classrooms deciding different numbers that are of different standards, but still trying to do their best in terms of giving grades. Okay, so where to from here? Are you in discussions with the Department of Education today? We have a meeting later on this evening and then following that, we are having a meeting of our executive in the morning. Okay. All right. Um, we'll keep in contact with you. Thank you for that. And uh, stay, stay safe. Thanks for joining Thanks us. Thank you very much. Thank that you. is uh, Anne Pickett, president of the ASDI. We're going to take a quick break and then we're back chatting with a Leaving Cert student. Court today on C103. With McCroom Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See McCroomMotors.com. Make C103 part of your drive home. With up-to-date traffic information and local news, your input in selecting our feel-good song of the day, plus our feel-good story, and as many of Cork's greatest hits that we can fit into three hours. Join me, Martina O'Donoghue, every weekday from 4 to 7. On C103. Having heard how secondary school teachers feel about the reopening of schools next Monday for Leaving Cert students only, I'm now joined by one of those students. Brian Crowley is a student at Skibbereen Community School. School. Good morning to you, Brian. Morning. Now, I'm very well, thank you. You have a number of concerns. Firstly, talk to me about how you would feel about going back into the classroom three days a week. To be honest, Patricia, I'd be totally against it. And it's, it's not like people are going to say that we just don't want to do leaving cert. And, and that's, that's not it at all. There was, there was nearly 8,000 cases yesterday, it was the highest ever. And on the same day, they announced that they want to put 63,000 students back into school Monday morning. And like there, like we have families at home, and like you would know with this new, with this new strain of the virus, they're saying that Stephen Donnelly said yesterday that they've never seen like the the how contagious it is. Like, but it, I I just don't think it's fair that the students are being asked to put their their lives at risk, well, their health at risk for an exam. And also the the health of the people that they live yeah. with, and you you just don't know. And you, you don't know how this is going to react with any one person. Yeah, like. yeah. So were you surprised, um, Brian, when the news was announced yesterday? We were, we were very surprised. I suppose there was kind of there were talks with their own twelve o'clock yesterday morning. It came out that um, that Norma Foley has put his cabinet to to open up the schools for three days, and we were actually genuinely shocked. All of us, we like we thought we were going online learning next week, which. Um, which which isn't the answer either, but not like Norma Foley said in her press conference that she she felt that students were going to welcome the decision. But sure, if she opened her phone last night and went on social media, she could see that it's the complete opposite. Like that, I, I would say. Yeah, yeah, I've I've never seen such an outpouring yeah. as I saw on, on social media. But yet, the Irish Second Level Students Union earlier this this week were calling for in-person learning. Now they did say should the public health advice uh, allow it, but they were calling for it. Your yeah, own students' the union. They put out no survey on social media. They didn't correspond. Well, obviously, they have they have a board or there is whoever is on that that union. They obviously consult amongst themselves. But um, as far as I'm aware, many of them students are in college and um, they stand for giving students a voice. And they're they're not secondary school students, so I, I don't see how they're a lot, like a lot of people on that the the head board of that students' union are actually in college. 
what they they joined it when they were in second level yeah, school and I, they've I think there's some continuation that they have to stay on but like as in the fact that there's decisions being made for leaving certs that by people who aren't in leaving certs I, I just feel that but so, but do you so, reckon so. anyone you know anyone in your school or anyone in your town that you've been speaking to yep. no everyone's feeling uncomfortable about going back into a classroom yeah yeah they are and and actually I've heard there there has been five or six people have said to me that their parents are nurses and they like they 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 just they they're not going to school next week like they they just don't feel safe like and they don't want they don't want to give the virus to someone either like you're living in in a rural area of West Cork. What's your Wi-Fi like? It's actually very poor, Patricia. To be honest, uh, last year when we went to online school, I I couldn't access it, <coughs> and so the fact that we're going to two days of that as well is concerning. But like, I, I'm not too sure what I'm going to do to be honest with you because um, like I don't know how I'm still leaving cert in um, June, having missed three months of school last year, and going to blended learning now here. Like, is in I'm only going to have the three days I'm in school are the only ones that are going to count. Because you don't have Wi-Fi to no. access on, on the other two days. No. And I'm assuming, I, I, have you the, have you all your course covered in all your subjects? You, no, could, you couldn't. Years. No, you couldn't. I, yeah. I have my, um, I do seven subjects and geography is the only subject I've done my course in. And what's your long-term plan after school? Uh, I'm hoping to do law in college. That's big points for that. Yeah, it's big enough, all right, yeah. So do you want the Irish government to follow the lead of the UK and Northern Ireland and cancel all state exams? Yeah, I think I saw there last night Britain are carrying out assessments in in class assessments, which I think, like, say, if, if we had this virus gone in January, or, like, if we if we took the month of January off, and if, if we were told tomorrow that we'd have in-class assessments, like, that we could be preparing for them and say if you were to test every month in every class or something, they'd find, like, there's obviously ways about it if other governments are going doing it, like, yeah, and make the decision now rather than what happened last year where, yeah. where, it, where it really got dragged on and on and on. And so make the, the decision. For the students as well now that we have, like there's people doing ag science projects and pro- projects for every subject. Like I have four projects now to do. But like I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I have to put them on the back burner now a while because like I don't, I don't know will they be actually counted? Like will they do away with projects and orals or what are they going to do? Yeah, a listener saying I just want to make the point that the current Leaving Cert students are at a bigger disadvantage than last year's Leaving Cert students because they already lost out on last year while they were in fifth year. Yeah, I mean, you would have been, you should have been heading back to school in September with a good chunk of your course covered. But you, but that didn't happen. Absolutely. And like, I, I was, um, to be honest, I was sceptical when you were going back to school in September where there was safe. But in fairness, they were managed perfectly. Like, and there was, um, like, it's in the cases were so low at the time and everything, like, you felt safe going. But, like eight thousand cases is astronomical. Like, I'm sure they're not testing, they're not testing to, um, they're not testing everyone with symptoms now or anything. Like, it's, it's, you'd actually be, you'd, you'd be scared going to school Monday morning. Perfectly honest. Well, we were focusing on on West Cork early on in the week. Yeah. West Cork had areas that had zero COVID early on in in the pandemic. Yeah. But since Christmas. There yeah. isn't. There probably isn't a village in in West Cork, in any part of Cork, any all over the country that doesn't have cases of COVID. Yeah, totally. It's, it's and, very um, so. It's a very different community transmission is there now than what was there when even when you were in school in, in December. It's frightening to be totally honest with you. And like leaving thirty is usually the most stressful time of a student's life. Like, as in, it, it's all geared up to this one exam. And to have the stress of this on top of it, like, it's just, it's not fair for students, like. 
Okay, well, let's uh, wait and see. Uh, but uh, as of now, ha- have you been contacted by your school to say what days you're due in next week? No, we no. haven't. And no. I don't think Minister Foley even announced um, even announced what what the plan was. Like, I don't think she's given the principals. The no, I think she, she she sort of said let it up to individual schools whether they want to do Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, but Tuesday, Wednesday, going Thursday. But they're spreading out the students over all the five days. Like, I like I don't see how that's going to work because they. Am I, are they going live streaming all the classes so like it's in so could essentially people stay at home for all five days if they want to like yeah but that wouldn't work for you because you don't have wifi yeah, but that's yeah. what I'm saying like so, so but like if um, say if, if I'm not in school on Thursday I'm missing double math like yeah yeah, listen, listen, uh, we'll wait and see what comes out of this, but I, I don't think it's a done deal for sure. Listen, stay safe, Brian, Perfect. and thank you for joining us on the programme this morning. Thanks very much. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. Brian uh, Crowley there, a Leaving Cert student from Skibbereen Community uh, School. How uh, Margaret says, how are our students going to travel? Will caretakers, office staff come into the schools? Principals were not contacted about this. Then you can have teachers who have COVID. This is absolutely ridiculous. What difference will a couple of weeks make in the interest of safety? Students can be at home revising. That's from Margaret. 1850 333 103. John Paul taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Cork today on C103. With McCroom Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See McCroomMotors.com. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. Some of your texts coming in on the Leaving Cert students going back into the classroom next week for three days a week. David says, as a working parent, what's the transport arrangement for my Leaving Cert boy? Is school transport on the road? We live in the countryside. Well, if the schools are reopening even for Leaving Cert students, school transport will have to be available, but we'll get confirmation for you on that. But I have a funny feeling with the way the unions are bucking about this and the way school management are bucking about this. I don't know if the schools are going to reopen for Leaving Cert students next week. This is something we're going to have to keep a close eye on. Uh, hi Patricia I live 20 miles from my sister and she is in my social bubble she, the, the only contact I have we both live alone we don't have anybody else in our homes can we continue to do that I've just checked in with gov.ie under the level 5 restrictions and yes uh, you can still meet up with people who are in your social bubble and a social bubble you form a social bubble with another household if you're living alone as this lady and her sister are so you're entitled to form a social bubble it's also for people who are living alone with children under the age of 18 or if you're in shared parenting or if you're living with an adult that you're providing care for the example that they use as a dependent adult or a partner with uh, dementia or if you live by yourself and have carer or carers who support you including a living carer then you are allowed to form a social bubble and by forming a social bubble your household then is treated as one household so you would be allowed to travel from one house to the other house so yes you can continue with your social bubble with your sister and if you're stopped by the Gardaí you can explain that you're going from one house to the other and someone else is asking what about the NCT centres will they be open next week we've checked with the NCT all NCT centres are fully operational the NCT service is still deemed an essential service and customers travelling for scheduled appointments are exempt from the travel restrictions obviously 
obviously if you get stopped by the Gardaí you can show them that you're going to your NCT appointment. Now the NCT centres are saying that if you are vulnerable, medically vulnerable, you're advised to contact the NCT uh, to arrange an alternative appointment free of any cancellation or rearrangement fees. Retests must be conducted with 30 days of the uh, original uh, test but just to let you know, the NCTs if you have one booked, they are still going ahead. Okay, let me go to the phone lines. Jerry is in for Moy. Good morning to Jerry. Good morning. You're rather annoyed at the whole way COVID has been handled in this country. I'm, I think it, annoyed is, is a very calm word. I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted because, look, we're all paying the price. We're at it since last March and we're nothing better. We're worse off now than we were then. And if the politicians are this great. If that's the best we can do, let's open the game. Let's just, let the virus take control of the country because it's going to do it anyway. Would you not agree that we were doing well earlier on in the pandemic? The first well, lockdown, we managed to suppress the virus. We didn't really, Patricia. We just, we just did like putting the patch on uh, a wound. Unless you fix it, it won't go away. Yeah, but have mistakes been made? I mean, we, we practically had, we were in single figures for cases for periods during the summer months. We had other countries looking to Ireland to say, look how well they're doing. But Patricia, look, I, I don't want to be nasty about it, but we've only five and a half million people. Yeah. You know, we, we've no amount of people coming out to England and all of the other countries. Um, you know, we're, we're too bloody slow. We're our politicians are standing back and waiting for other countries to do something. And then they come on with this good idea, Carlton. We should have closed down our airports. We should have closed down our ferries. Yes, I know it will create hassles for a lot of people. But this is going to go on for years and years. The vaccine is not going to be the sort all. Well, 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 it will, but it's going to take uh, certainly the rest of this year for everyone to get vaccinated. It's virus, going to take time. But the virus is changing. Yeah, that's true. We, but, don't, we don't, yeah, yeah. virus is adjusting. So, like, can you honestly say the, virus, uh, the, the vaccine is going to sort all of our problems? Because no, it is not. Well, we don't know if it mutates and against the, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I accept that point. So, you're saying what we should have done and didn't do was just lock the country down as New Zealand and Australia did. Exactly, because there was a friend of mine, his daughter wanted to come back from Australia for Christmas. Okay. And her boyfriend, and they applied to the and the Australian to get a, a visa. And they said, yeah, no problem, but don't come back. Wow. And you know something? They'll use them. They're looking after their people. Yeah, I heard of another woman on Compassionate Grounds applied three times uh, to the Australian embassy to try to get a visa to allow her to go in to Australia to spend Christmas with her her only daughter. And she's a cancer patient, this woman from Ireland. And on Compassionate Grounds, she was asking to be left in and she was willing to, to go into quarantine for two weeks. And three times they said, no, they said, forget it. You're not coming from Ireland. You're not, we're not leaving you in, even though you, you know, you're terminally ill. It'll be your last chance to see your daughter. They said, forget it. They're not I, taking the risk. I am so sad for that woman, but are the Australian people not looking after all of Australia? Not one person. Yeah, yeah. We, 
We have these sheep above in Dalaran, and that's all I can. Say. Ah, well, that's a bit strong. That's a bit. Strong. Don't, don't, listen, they're, they're they're trying. They're trying. They're not. They're not. Michael Martin, all he's doing is smirking that he's coming up with good ideas. He's all he's doing is he's watering this whole lot down. Get out. If he's if he is not back in government the next time, at least make a mark. He made a mark with the fag and the cigarettes and the banning. Let's make a mark. He Let's has a chance to make a mark now. All yes. right. Okay. Take, take on the virus because this virus is not going to go away. Like, how many fines have been have been issued? The girls saying, "Well, it's the last, the last straw to prosecute anyone." Do you know something? They might as well open the gates and let it flow free because that's what it's doing anyway. Yeah, because if they started fining people and they haven't, you're right. And I, and I think a lot of people will agree with you on that. They should you be fining people when, when they, they are deliberately breaching the restrictions. Yeah. yeah. You explain something to me. A hundred people were bowling in Donneret yeah. uh, the weekend. Yeah. No man is seen. Right. What's fair about that to the poor elderly person have to lock themselves away? It's not. It's simply it's not. not. It's not. But one way and thought the all this a healthy fine and if they're on social welfare, take the social welfare off and let them fight to get it back. Okay. All right, uh, Jerry. I think a lot of people, and I can see a lot of comments coming in uh, agreeing with Jerry. Thank you for that. Let me go to Councillor Alan Coleman, who <laughs> is raising an issue on behalf of agricultural construction workers. Good morning, Alan. Um, you've come across somebody who got stopped this morning by the guard. He thought they could go to work and were told no. Well, we're told that after Friday they won't be going to work because what they're doing is constructing a milking parlour. And it appears that if you go through, the, if you look at the, the government website or look at the statements from the minister, yeah, um, there's a long list of construction workers that are exempt, but there's no exemption for anybody involved in construction in essential agricultural activity. And what I'm talking about is, look, we're, we're heading into the calving season in, in February and March. There are a number of farmers around the country who are in the throes of constructing milking parlours and and uh, animal sheds and it's a welfare issue for both the farmer and for the animals and I, I think that uh, <clears throat> I've already been on to the Minister's office to, that they need to look at that issue and have an exemption for those who are involved in the construction And are, are we talking about people who are in the middle of a job? Oh absolutely I mean yeah. look I, I, I fully agree with the lockdown and that we should we should limit travel as much as possible and stay at home but if somebody is after, <clears throat> for instance, knocking, and I know the, the man myself has knocked an, an existing milking parlour and is in the throes of building a new one and hopes to have it finished for uh, his calving date, I think it's the 10th of February. Um, that building has to be finished. What's going to happen mm. when his cows calve down? Absolutely. You know, so Absolutely. Yeah, that and type of essential work, I mean, you know, generally people shouldn't take on any other work, obviously. Yeah, and I'm looking, you're right. I mean, there's a detailed list of who can work after six o'clock uh, tomorrow. And uh, agricultural buildings have not been mentioned That's, at all. No, no, they get they get no mention at all. And particularly, I suppose, given the time of the year that, you know, we're heading into to, to the spring, to the calving season, like farmers have to have a milking parlour. Um, you know, they have to have facilities for their animals and for, for, the, for the newborn calves. So it's, it's a welfare issue for the animals. And it's just a practical issue that has been over. For some reason, agriculture was completely overlooked when, when the regulations were put in place. So, as I say, I've been on to the minister's office, and I, I'll be on again. And I'm sure, I'm sure, since will prevail. And 
you know, a system will be put in place that should that will allow people who are in the middle of, of this type of work to, to actually just get it finished. Yeah, because somebody else is saying, what about agricultural contractors? Will they be allowed to go to work during Level 5? It, well, I think during the last lockdown they were working, but obviously we'd be encouraging farmers not to bring anyone onto the farm unless it was absolutely essential, unless, for instance, Surrey had to be spread or something like that. And we're know? coming into the Surrey spreading season, into well, the, the 13th? We, we are, yeah. 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 yeah, we are indeed. Yeah. I know if the weather would be good later in the month, that would be... You know, and I suppose that's about the only contracting would be happening. At this, at this time, time of year, year. yeah. You know, it, wouldn't yeah. Ma- it wouldn't be a major contracting time of year except for Surrey spreading. And uh, I think that's... That would be exempt. It was on the last occasion, anyway. But um, but certainly the, the critical issue, as we speak at the moment, are these guys who, who have who have half a building or three quarters of a building and and just have to have it for for the animal welfare. Yeah, because the, the the one thing that came out when we had um, Adam Higgins on earlier, and he was at the press conference yesterday, people whose houses have to be finished off, they they're allowed to have those houses finished off. So you would assume it would be the same for an agricultural building. You you would imagine. Yeah, if, yeah. If, if a house could be finished by the end of this month, uh, that work is being allowed finished, and uh, that that makes sense as well. Too, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I suppose overall, I mean, I fully agree. Look, we need to limit travel. We need to stay at home as much as possible. But there are people in difficult situations that have to get work done. Okay, uh, and, and you've, you're on to the department and pointing it yeah. out to them. Okay, I have, I have indeed, and hopefully we'll get some progress. Okay, on and get back to us, back. get back to us, and let us know. Well, indeed, Patricia. Thank you. Okay. Uh, good morning to you. Bye bye. Stay safe. That is uh, Councillor Alan Coleman. Some of your texts coming into us. Here we go again. More bedlam, says Liz. Not happy with what was announced yesterday. Meg says, Does anybody know what's happening in China, where it all started? Oh, I was watching a report from uh, China. They're doing mass vaccinations at the moment and they're vaccinating workers as opposed to the vulnerable group because they want to keep their economy going. Uh, and I know certainly there was reports from Wuhan where it all started uh, over Christmas and life very much back to normal in uh, Wuhan. Uh, Hi Patricia, doctors and nurses don't get a choice about going into work every day during the COVID crisis, yet teachers are moaning every single day about themselves having to work. Uh, Look at all the time off they've had last year. Bet they won't give up their summer holidays either to make up for lost time in the classroom. We all have families. Why do teachers feel that they are so precious? Hi Patricia what about people with a hospital appointment can you still attend a hospital appointment? Absolutely and if you got stopped by the Gardaí and they asked you where you're going you just tell them you're going for a hospital appointment. You probably have a letter with you or a text on your phone to show them and you'll be waved on. You you won't have any problem at all um, with that. Um, let me see what else is coming in here to us. There's a number of people, by the way, uh, with Jerry who was on saying, "Good man, good man." Uh, he what he is saying is uh, right. Uh, we just haven't been strong enough. The leadership in government hasn't been strong enough when it comes to this virus. Hi, Patricia. What about Mr. Ryanair? Is he happy now that we're back in lockdown after his rant about opening up the skies? And then, hi, Patricia. I just saw three construction workers in my local shop getting breakfast rolls this morning. Not one of them hand sanitised their hands while entering the shop, yet they were going around picking up stuff. What is wrong with people? I am totally dismayed with some people. Then I was in a supermarket the other day and there was a woman 
rooting down through a box of bananas. I think she dropped an earring or something and it was a freshly opened box. There was no need to be going through them like that. Also, beware of jars of loose tea that's on sale in some supermarkets. I saw a lady lifting the lid off a few of them and having a good smell of the particular tea. People are on. Believable. Uh, thanking you, says the listener. And one final one. This is on manufacturing. Morning, Patricia. As expected, manufacturing workers are being sent on what I would call suicide missions to work every day as they're deemed an essential service. An essential service to make car parts so that people in other countries can drive around in style. They are no more essential than somebody working in a lipstick making factory. Hell, why don't we all just go back to school should the virus doesn't like schools and we'd all be safe what kind of IQ does this leader is this leadership showing they need to prioritise with lives rather than what they did in prioritising Christmas by opening up look at the numbers now they are so high they're putting everybody's lives in danger this virus is murderous enough without having our government as an ally they are responsible for leadership in regulating the virus they're bad choices have cost lives and will cost lives as individuals we all have choices to make but there is such a long long list of essential services now it's absolutely crazy how can some services be essential now when they weren't essential back in March when the pandemic started and we had nothing like the numbers that we had at the moment Uh, if anybody wants to see just look up the list of essential services it's a very very long list 1850 103 lines are open. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. Full and part time farm operator positions are available in Kenturk, Mallow, and the surrounding areas. While a fisher mechanic for diesel and petrol engines and electric power tools are required for Mallow. The Bonsecure Hospital in Cork, they're recruiting for a staff uh, nurse and a sonographer and experienced electrician with experience in maintenance in industrial pharma required for work in East Cork. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Cork today on C103. With McCroom Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See McCroomMotors.com. And Anne-Marie in Do Hollow was listening to Jerry from Formoy who feels our government have just mishandled the whole situation with uh, COVID and Anne-Marie said 100% agree with uh, Jerry particularly when he mentioned Australia. Anne-Marie said my son lives in Australia and he said once there are seven cases, seven cases of COVID in an area that entire area goes into lockdown there is no messing about uh, Amory's son son has friends living in Melbourne and during their major lockdown and they had a major lockdown that went on for months in Melbourne if you were out walking the army or the police would stop you while holding guns asking what you were doing if you were found to be out after the curfew and that you didn't have a genuine reason uh, for it you basically were told to get home and get home fast and if you didn't you were fined. Uh, we need that here in this country to get rid of the virus. We're too soft on people and we're listening to a minority who think this is a cold 
deal with them hard, start fining people uh, and be very strict uh, about it. And just on a completely different issue, the cold snap that we're experiencing at the moment. Kay is a public health nurse and she's been out working since 8am. Keep safe. Uh, Kay, you're doing amazing work. But the reason she's contacted us is she cannot get over the number of people that she's seen out walking, going out for their daily exercise on icy roads. She said, she had to be out this morning travelling in order to get to visit the patients that she needs to 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 visit. And she said she's dodging icy roads. And you know that fear that you have when you're out driving. But she said now, on top of trying to keep safe on the road, that she's trying to dodge people who are out walking. She said, for God's sake, would you get the message out to people? It's great that you're going out for your bit of exercise and you, know, you want to see people going out and exercising. But would you wait until maybe this afternoon until there's a little bit of a thaw? She said it is crazy watching drivers trying to avoid people and also trying to watch to make sure that there isn't black ice on the road. So people, if you need to go out for your walks, fine. But would you wait until there is a bit of a thaw? Now, earlier I mentioned the scenes that were coming from America last night from Washington, D.C., the images of angry hordes storming the US uh, Capitol and these were all the fervent supporters of Donald uh, Trump and right across America people watched in shock and were appalled and disgusted by the scenes that they witnessed but it wasn't just America it was was all over the world and people now are questioning why Donald Trump was ever put into power. Well Margaret has contacted us from Kilworth. Good morning to you Margaret. Good morning Patricia. Now you would be a fan of Donald Trump I believe. I would. Go on tell us why. Because uh, we don't hear anything about his policies. We just hear about the awful man that he has become. And we never hear about how badly he was treated by the media. I mean, it's totally biased against him. I mean, they said before he was inaugurated that they were going to impeach him. Ever since that day, they have tormented and every policy he brought in, they contradicted it. He's the only one that stands up for abortion. There are 25 million people, babies aborted every year and there's nobody to defend him. And now that he's gone, it's any chance to have... A, these babies are crying for mercy. And that's one of the things. His... his they're going to raise the taxes to no extent they're going to give free Medicare to everybody in America. Well, he stopped stopped the free Medicare. He stopped for 50 years. Hang on, hang on, hang on. He stopped. Obama had free Medicare in for all and Donald Trump came in and stopped it. He did because it was given to all the rich people as well as the poor. That's what's wrong with this world. It's given to everybody across the board. But then the poor, people the poor really people needed. who needed it really suffered, the Margaret. The people are paying for it. But the poor people who really needed it and couldn't afford it really suffered because of it. Yeah, but you can't. Uh, yeah, but you, he was trying to get it. To, he was trying to get it that it would be for the poor people more than for the rich people. But they didn't give it a chance. The, okay, the what did you? I mean, what did you think of this? It's the most liberal government that you could have. It's totally totalitarian. And by the time these four years are gone, we'll we'll see how bad it is. And my point is that we never get a chance. The poor people never get an opportunity on a panel to speak up for him. And it seems like there's all Biden, Biden. They were going to roll out the red carpet for Biden here. He's the most phony politician on the face of the earth. Well, that... (laughs) Well, in America, 
they're, 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 yeah, they're, the media in America is very different to what it is here. You will have radio stations and television stations that would be pro-Trump and you'll have radio stations and televisions that would be pro-Biden. It's the way they are. They're either NBC, a Democratic NBC, or a Republican. CBS, NBC, yeah. or CNN, all the, the major channels are pro are pro Biden and pro liberal. Well, Fox News were pro Trump, but even they seem to have turned against him with the way he's he's he cannot accept well, defeat. Well, a portion of them have our right, and I agree. But I I think my my problem is that nobody you know here in Ireland they they take a face value that Biden is going to solve all the problems, and they, they Trump what what did Biden, Trump ever do to the Irish people that they're so anti-Trump? Well, we've ro- we rolled out the red carpet for him when when he arrived to Dunebeg and there was, there was a lot of government... All portion, just the people yeah. up in Dunbeg that he employed, Patricia. OK, okay. but, but, but do, you, do you think what he did yesterday, do, do, I mean, does he just need to accept defeat and now bow uh, out graciously? I agree totally. But I think what led up to it, this, stopped, this started four years ago, the anti-Trump movement, and it ended up in a culmination of, of disaster yesterday. I mean, they, they never worked with him. Honestly, they never worked with him, never gave him a chance, no matter what he did. They never give many credit. I mean, the, to- the media are totally biased. And they just didn't give him a chance. And I mean, the thing is, uh, Patricia, he'll be gone and his policies will live on and they never give it, they never speak about that. It's all about his bad behaviour. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I can see but there's a lot of people against Trump, judging by the number of yeah. comments that we've in this morning. What did you no, make it? What did you make of... What did you make of Willie O'Dea saying he's not welcome here because Scotland don't want him to go go there for the inauguration? I, I agree with that because that's the COVID, I think. That's, okay, all right. I okay. would agree with Willie O'Dea. All right, okay, listen, Margaret, we leave it there. Thank you for that and uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, this is Margaret, who is a pro-Trump uh, supporter. Uh, as I say, I, I can see on texts coming in, we don't have that many pro-Trump supporters. A listener in Dunmanway says Trump should be carted away and put into a lovely padded cell. He lost the plot. Uh, he'll surely face criminal charges when he is booted out of the uh, White House. Mary said good Lord who would want Donald Trump in this uh, country. Someone else says uh, Happy New Year Patricia many happy returns. I was watching in inverted commas that episode on TV with the riot as it unfolded live last night. Yeah, At, at times it did look like a TV show. Uh, Donald Trump is simply a bad loser in my view. He always said the election there was rigged in inverted commas. What happened if that car- if that kind of carry on happened here, I wonder he has discredited his own country, and the rest of the world will be laughing at him now. What a carry on! And this person also feels what a waste of four uh, years. There is a flurry of texts in reacting to Margaret from Kilworth, who is a pro-Trump supporter. Somebody said, "Poor delusional woman. What about all the poor people behind the imaginary wall? Trump is a horrible man." For some, someone else said, "For God's sake, Patricia, where did you get?" Her from which she contacted the program. That's they were her views. And another Margaret says, "How many sexual abuse cases have been taken against this man?" She is yet another delusional uh, supporter. And hi, Patricia. The lady should be more worried about Ireland rather than Trump. There's enough problems in this country. Trump took health care from the poor, and look at what's going.
going on in America now. 1850-333-103. And there's another texter is on to say, Hi, I'm a family carer. I don't live with the family member that I care for. Can I travel to and from the distances more than five kilometres? Yes, absolutely. You're part of what's called the social bubble. And if you're caring for somebody, yes, and if you stop by the Gardaí, you can just explain that you are a family carer and you're going to care for somebody. Talking of the Gardaí, Sergeant John Kelly from my Garda station joins me for uh, this week's Garda file. Morning to you, John. Good morning, Patricia. I, I'm, ro- I'm right in that, aren't they? That, that lady who's caring for a family yeah, you're member. Per- you're, you're perfectly right in that. You're yeah. perfectly right in that. that. You know, and at all times, you know, we're in a level five now until January 31st. You know, and our position will be very much the same. Engage, explain, encourage. And enforcement is, is a very last option, you know. And there's quite a wide list, you know. And that person that rang in is exactly in that thing of caring for somebody, you know. Yeah. And, and, and like, look, we'll, we'll, we'll be very conscious of, conscious of that. We're not going to be marking it down exactly, you know, the five kilometres. You know, there's a lot of people with uh, special needs that they have to travel, you know. I, you know, animal welfare, you know, all that. There, There's quite a lot. So, you know, to go on to, on to the HSE website, they'll, they'll see it all there, you know. Yeah, and, but what we don't want is people deciding that we're going to go off on a jolly and I'll pack up the car full of my family and I'll head over to your family and we'll just have a nice afternoon out. That's what, that's what we don't want people doing. You stay at home, but if your journey is essential and necessary, you're allowed to do it. Exactly, yeah. Look, bunker down, get out the board games, you know. Yeah. Reconnect with the family members. That's it. You know. That's it. Uh, That's it. You, you, you know. And, and the uh, five kilometres is more to do with your exercise. Get out for your bit of exercise. Get out for your walk if you need to get for a walk. That's really more what the five kilometres is about. Exactly. Explore. Yeah. There's plenty of plenty of forest parks out there to explore, and there's forestry to explore. And that brings me on to the first thing, because in exploring the you know the forest parks out there, you know, and the different forestries out there, I remember in the past. Uh, people they came on uh, places maybe where where a number of trailers had been uh, stashed in the middle of a forest. Now we have a number of trailers there stolen from Cork North in the last while. In the last while, um, just to give you an idea, uh, the twenty third day of uh, December in Kildare, we had an Ivor Williams blue silver uh, horse box stolen that has not been recovered. The thirtieth of December, we had another Ivor Williams cow box stolen over in Ballyhay and Charleville, and. The New Year started, uh, you know, the first of the first of January started, and I'd ask people in Glenmore if they could cast their mind back there um, between ten fifteen and eleven o five, Belly Kennedy Bridge, Glenmore. A car was parked. Right, there was a very distinctive uh, single axle wooden side uh, green tin roof on it, a uh, dog box attached to that car. Now another car came along. Attached that, as I said, a single axle, wooden sides, green tin roof, very, very distinctive. Now, um, the car that took it proceeded then to drive up through Glanworth Village. It was a grey Toyota Avensis. Um, distinctive alloy wheels in this car, and we know it was a 2009 to 2015 model. We'd appreciate any help that the public can give us, you know, and we'd appreciate, you know, if the, if the driver of that car is listening, call us before we call you. Like the brazen um, cheek of it, to do it in daylight. In daylight, yeah, early, yeah. yeah. 10, 10 wow. 15 to 11.05. So, look, 1st of January, early, you know, as I say, around 10, 15, 11 o'clock, Glanworth Village, people might have been out walking, you know, uh, people would be very conscious to, to, you know, to the first day of the new year, um, that they may have seen this uh, uh, dog box, you know, passing up through through Glenworth. 
Or um, somebody again, taking it and hitching it from one car and putting it onto another, it. yeah. Yeah, reasonable okay. assumption as well that this could be the same uh, car that was involved in the one in Kildare in the 23rd. It's very, very nearby. Mm. Um, and as I said, we saw in the past where stuff like this was being concealed in the middle of a forest park. I'm not saying it is, but it could be concealed. But it has to be somewhere. stored somewhere. Has to be stored somewhere. Yeah, you know, look at. it may have may already have been offered for sale, or will be offered for sale in the near future, uh, either on Dundee Dealer or some already. You know, maybe somebody might be contacted about them. So look, keep it at the back of your mind. There's a number of items like that stolen, and uh, we'll we appeal to anyone if any information. Gaudi it for my O two five A two one hundred. And we're also th- starting the new year by warning people about locking their cars. Yeah, locking their cars. Yeah, second second of January. Uh, three cars in Duntaheen Park, uh, we believe between about 10 past four and 6.30 in the morning, which is normally the time we, we have seen in the past with, with, with other places that were targeted. Look, lock your car, you know, um, and, and just if, 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 if you push the button, just check as well that, the, you know, that it has engaged. You know, don't just think because it's parked in the driveway, it's safe. Now, you know, there's, there was a number of items of property were stolen from all three cars. So we just start the new year, just make sure your valuables lock them down. Which brings me on to the last subject, and that's like over, I suppose over Christmas, you, you know, a lot of people will have received mobile phones and tablets as presents. You know, the price of those, you know, makes them a clear target for criminals. So if you have a smartphone or tablet, you know, we would recommend to download a trusted location finder app, you know, if it's lost or stolen, you know, so that you have a better chance of getting it back. Like, I think over the last uh, number, over the last number of years, over the last 20 months, I think 5 million has been stolen uh, in, in, in mobile phones in this country. So it's it's a lot. The recovery rate, 10%, you know. So look, as I say, put a location finder app on it, you know, even if it is only a thing, just put another mobile number on the back of it. You know, have a buddy-buddy system with, with, your, with your partner or, or uh, somebody within your own, you know, household bubble. Because some of these that. phones are very expensive. They're not cheap items, John. You're looking, you could be looking from anything from 600 to 1,000 yeah, or, or yeah. More, more than that, mm. you know. And we also recommend that you add a family member or friend as an emergency, emergency contact in the phone, you know, because sometimes if we receive a lost or stolen phone, you know, so that we can be able to contact that person, you know, and um, like our property stores in Cork North, we receive a lot of stolen and lost phones that we, that we cannot trace to yeah. for. You know, adding the emergency contact number, you know, will, will solve that problem. So if you want to know your own IMEI number, if you put in star hash zero six hash, that'll bring it up. Just okay. write it down somewhere. Keep so it somewhere it, safe. If it's after. Finally, last thing I want to mention, uh, Patricia, it's not something you would normally cover. It's only a, a, a dog, I mean, sentimental value to a family there in Duntahine and Fermoy. There was fireworks on the 31st. And of course, dogs hate fireworks. A much-loved family pet, Casey, uh, he's microchipped. Okay. Uh, he's a 10-year-old, white and tan, King Charles, Beagle Cross, medium size. Now, he took off, hasn't been seen since. We know there was a sighting in Glenabo uh, Woods. So maybe there's a lot of people not on Facebook. You know, there might be somebody even listening that caring for caring for that dog at the moment or that has found it and just doesn't know how to how to give it out. So look, as I say, the Guardian for my 025A2100. Yeah, and when um, a dog gets a fright like that and they do get a fright with the fireworks, they can travel many, many they miles. They can travel. Yeah. They can travel. But the fact that he's in Glenabo, you know, somebody, as I say, out on their 
five kilometre walk might come across them, you know, and you will bring a lot of joy back for 2021 to that okay. time. All right. OK, yeah. listen, stay safe and Happy New Year to you, John. Thank you, Patricia. And, uh, Thank you. Many uh, happy returns. Uh, thanks a million. Uh, we'll talk again soon. That's Sergeant John Kelly, based from My Guard. The station, a listener says, hi, can you travel to visit a family grave? It's, it's out if it's more than five kilometres away from where you live. Yes, you can. People will be required to stay at home except for travel to work, education or other essential purposes and will be permitted to take exercise but you must do it within your five five kilometres of your home but you can travel outside the five kilometres there's a number of reasons for work for medical appointments to travel to disability services to travel to court to for vital family reasons such as providing care for children or the elderly for food shopping for farm purposes you can also travel outside the five kilometre to attend a wedding or a funeral and the last one on the list is you can travel outside the five kilometre to visit the grave of a loved one. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Your calls and comments continuing to pour into us uh, today. We're also looking for your pet questions, please, for Jane Pickett, our resident vet, if one of the animals is a bit unwell at the moment. And Jane might be able to offer you some advice. 1850-333-103. Let me catch up with some of the texts that are coming into the programme. Now, a number of people are agreeing with Margaret, who joined us before uh, in the last hour, and she's a pro-Trump supporter and sees that Trump has done good things for America and it never gets highlighted and all the media are against uh, Donald Trump. Christy said fair play to Margaret. I too support her view on Donald Trump. He didn't start any new wars when he was in power for the last four years. He withdrew state funding from 900 abortion clinics yet Joe Biden supports abortion. That's from Christy in Temple Glantine. Uh, Trish, hi. I'm with Margaret from Kilworth also. I'm sorry that the keyboard warriors were calling her delusional. That's simply is not nice. Donald Trump does portray as being weird, but he's trying to save America. All the Biden and Harris supporters will find out soon enough when things start to go so wrong. The Democrats won the election by fraud. Now, 
that's been disputed. There's no evidence that they won the election by fraud. But anyway, the media just tell us what they want us to hear, not the truth. Even Brian O'Donovan, the RTE reporter, keeps sniggering and making jokes when he is reporting on America. The whole world needs prayers and God in our lives. And unfortunately, people have turned away from God when we need him now more than uh, ever. Hi, Patricia. I fully agree with Margaret from Kilworth. It'll only be when Donald Trump is gone, people will realise half of what he did with his hands tied behind his back and the lady that said he should be put away. What about the Clintons? They should get life in prison for their corrupt uh, uh, dealings and all they have done. That is from a Mitchellstown listener. And Marilyn says, fully agree with Margaret. Liberal media did all they could to destroy Donald Trump because he does not believe in the one world government. Brilliant for speaking out, Margaret. Well done. The liberal world judged President Trump because he stands up for conservative values. And did the news ever report on the four peace agreements signed by him in the last number of months? No, because nobody wants to say anything positive about him. And P.S. says Marilyn, I'm not delusional before keyboard warriors start saying that she is uh, delusional. And then there's another text in on Donald Trump, the other view, saying, Hi Patricia, I predict that Donald Trump will come to Ireland. He'll threaten and bully his way in and sadly I feel our government will not stand strong and they'll let him in. The world dislikes the man and that's putting it as politely as I can. It'll be a sad day for this republic if Donald Trump is left to come to Ireland. Well, Willie O'Dea has come out very strongly saying that the message needs to go out to Donald Trump that he won't be uh, welcomed uh, here. There's another one in. Um, Hi, Patricia. Never liked Donald Trump. Very devious man. He should be taken away in a straight jacket. So again, he, he just divides opinion as he has done in his own country. He certainly has very much divided America for sure. OK, other issues coming in. Patricia on construction su- shutdown. Could you ask Alan Coleman the following, please? I am a dairy farmer whose cows will calf in two to three weeks. We're building a new shed for cows calving and for cows resting. There's about two weeks work left to complete the project. Is this deemed essential work? We can't pour concrete this week as it's too cold. We need help. Well, you, that's exactly the type of issue that Alan Coleman, Councillor Alan Coleman, is getting onto the department about. Because unfortunately, when you go onto gov.ie, which shows all the essential construction works, agricultural, for some reason, is just not mentioned. Now, maybe it's an, an omission that they'll realise somebody in the powers that be in an office in Dublin who maybe doesn't know about agricultural uh, building work that needs to be done and needs to be finished off because the one thing that we were told yesterday when they spoke about construction and many construction sites and construction workers will down tools tomorrow at uh, six o'clock and I really feel for the workers who have you know done their best to make their building sites as safe as possible but unfortunately with the way the virus has gone in the community, everyone now needs to be protected, including our construction workers. But I do feel so sorry for for those construction workers and indeed anyone who's going to have to sign back on for a PUP payment when they were already on it early on uh, in the year. Uh, but there is a list of essential work that can be done. And one of the things that we were told at the press conference yesterday, if somebody's house is, is to be finished off and there's only a couple of weeks work left in it, then the builders can finish off those houses. So you would imagine the same should apply for agricultural building 
think that's going ahead so we'll wait to hear what Alan Coleman and he's, he'll get back to us and he will let us know so hang in there uh, don't panic yet hopefully they will see sense and allow your work to uh, continue Hi Patricia can you tell me where is the lockdown in this country airport and seaports still open and they should have been closed down back in March there will be more people out of work uh, and more and more people will come down with this virus I know somebody for example who came from England last weekend for his mother's funeral now I know he's an only child but he shouldn't have been left out of England so Jerry, who spoke with you earlier is dead right this virus is not going away and yes the government I don't want to use that word but the government are just not strong enough in, in standing up to the different groups I suppose who are who have their ear and are trying to get them to open up various uh, sections and Nora and Anne want to know can we go visit our grandchildren uh, no, you shouldn't be going. We shouldn't be visiting any other houses. Grandchildren, are, unless you're in a social bubble and you're living on your own and you've no one else and you create a social bubble with one set of grandchildren and your social bubble is that house, then you can visit. But you can't be going from house to house or you, the grandchildren can't go from house to house. At the moment, we're told there should be no visitors to our houses or to our gardens or we shouldn't be visiting anybody else's houses either. A number of people have been on about the NDLS office. Are they open for business? I need to renew my driving licence on the 18th of January. That's one of them from Eileen. OK, we got on to NDLS, this is for the driving licence under the level 5 government restrictions, effective from today you can attend appointment at an NDLS centre if you are an essential worker involved in the provision of essential services or essential retail and they suggest that you go on to gov.ie to find out what are essential services and there's a very lengthy list now I have to say of essential services because I know somebody else was saying there's too many on that list. If you have an appointment over the next six weeks and you're an essential worker then you're exempt from the level 5 travel restrictions and you should attend as normal. They also say it may be useful to show proof of your appointment in case you're stopped by Angarda Shia and you can also book an appointment at www.ndls.ie if you are an essential worker. Now they're also asking if you're not involved in the provision of essential services and Eileen is one of the people who've contacted me and I don't know if Eileen is an essential worker or not but what they're asking is if you're not involved in essential services or essential retail and you have an appointment to renew your driver's licence over the next six weeks they're asking you please to cancel your appointment so that that appointment can be given to an essential uh, worker please do not call or email NDLS uh, though to cancel your appointment please do not call or email the NDLS to cancel your appointment (laughs) I must get John Paul to check what that means please do not call our email. So how do you cancel the appointment then? Um, um, maybe they're trying to say do not call but email instead. I'll get clarification on that. But anyway, that's what they're asking people to do. If you have an appointment, you're not an essential worker, cancel it and leave that appointment for others who need it, please. Hi Patricia, just wondering, do any of your listeners... Oh, this is a complete bizarre one in the middle of all of our texts coming in. It's not bizarre, it's just somebody querying something. Has anybody noticed anything different in the taste, not the taste of butter, in the but the, in the way butter is lately, how hard it is. It reminds me of lard, says this texter. There's no way of softening it. Keep up the good work. I always have my butter, and I love real butter. I absolutely love, don't give me any of those spreads, just give me a pound of real butter. I always keep, I don't keep my butter in the fridge. I keep my butter in an old traditional butter dish and I never have any problem then with it being soft. But I think it depends on how hot the heating is in your kitchen, I imagine. 
because I've noticed some mornings, if you've got a very, very cold morning and the heating has only just come on and you go to take the butter out of the cupboard, the butter can be very hard. It's not as soft as it normally is. But then as the day goes on with the heating on in the house, the butter softens. So that would be my only explanation for it. But maybe somebody else has a different explanation or somebody else has noticed, like this listener has noticed, that it's impossible to get the butter soft at the moment. Is it my theory that it's to do with the cold weather? 1850-333-103. I mentioned opticians and opticians are open. They're deemed an essential service. You can't go in out to browse looking for new glasses. But if you have an appointment to get your eyes tested, yes, you can still attend, wear your mask and all of that and good hand hygiene um, and everything else. Um, Dee says, my optician in Bantry moved my appointment to February and that was due to COVID regulations. I, I imagine they're just under pressure pressure and they're stretching out the appointments so that they don't have a lot of people in at the same time. I'm assuming that that's what the reason for it is. Patricia, will garages remain open? Yes, for essential work. If something goes wrong with your garage, you just make your make your appointment, contact uh, your garage and they should be able to sort you out. Hi, Patricia. It seems the new variant appears to me more difficult to control as there should have been some reduction in cases, surely by the weekend. The, surely the borders must be closed until the numbers are significantly reduced. This new variant strain, particularly the one that's come from the UK, it has, must have arrived with the 30,000 people who travelled to Ireland prior to and over the uh, Christmas period. And they're saying now about 25% of the new cases are from the UK variant. And we know that the UK variant is more contagious. Now, will that number of 25% of our cases, will that rise? Probably. Probably. It will probably, as the days go on, if they give us that kind of detail, we'll hear that more and more of the cases are directly linked to that UK strain. And uh, just finish off with Esther, who is so angry at the moment. <laughs> Should the coldest day of the year, guess what? The ESB have turned off our electricity from 10am to 4.30pm, even though the majority of the residents in Gary No in Formoy rang the ESB yesterday to request postponement because it's not essential work. This work has been planned since early in December. No consideration for people working from home during this lockdown. No consideration for the elderly if the very young are also know that well, they couldn't have known when they planned this work how bitterly cold today was going to be as well. And there are people who will be relying on electricity for heating as well, uh, Esther. So I certainly can sense your anger from your uh, WhatsApp and the electricity out there until half past four. You're nearly halfway through the day. Look at it that way, Esther. Maybe they'll get it back on quicker as well. Sometimes that does happen. 1850-333-103. And Mary says, Hi Patricia, I'm taking down the Christmas decorations. Oh God, I don't envy you. I have that job to do at the weekend as well and I hate it. Anyway, Mary is wondering, what can I do with my Christmas cards apart from putting them into the recycling bin? We've been calling that out nearly every day this week, Mary, and I didn't get any suggestions of what people can do with their you with their the gorgeous Christmas cards we all received uh, this year and I think people sent out more Christmas cards than they normally did this year because we're not meeting up with uh, people but uh, we still haven't got any suggestions on what to do with them but make sure you do put them into at least into the recycling bin and that they do get recycled and actually just on Christmas cards is it only me every day this week I've been receiving Christmas cards every day I've gone home and there's been Christmas cards in the post all of them were sent before Christmas and I know this is to do with the pressure that the Postal Service uh, was under but I don't think I've ever seen a Christmas where I've received so many Christmas cards 
after Christmas than I have this year. And I'm assuming that's the same for most people. 1850-333-103, text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. The staff of Daily Supply Company are aiming to collectively walk, run, cycle, hike and swim 1,200 kilometres during this, the month of January. It's in an effort to raise money for Cork Simon community. You can donate through Daily Industrials Supply Just Giving page. And White Church GAA's annual Christmas draw is going to be held on January the 8th. That's tomorrow. You have three chances to win. You can still purchase a ticket priced at €10 and you can get it from the White Church GAA Facebook page. Court today on C103. With McCroom Motors, leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See McCroomMotors.com. And don't forget, we are looking for your pet questions for Jane Pickett, our resident vet. Uh, please, you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Kenneth says, uh, talking about milking parlours on the programme this morning, could you find out, please, why there's no Irish milk on sale in Aldi for the last few weeks? All the milk is coming from Northern Ireland. Is it to do with prices or Brexit? It's not making any sense to me, uh, says Colette in Kilworth. I think that has something to do with, they had an issue where all their milk was taken off the shelves at one stage. It wasn't just Aldi, there was a number of other supermarkets. Was there some, I fake recollection, was there some contamination or something wrong with the milk supply to a certain amount of supermarkets and the milk was all removed and since then the Aldi milk is coming from Northern Ireland but I don't I don't think it's got anything to do with Brexit if anybody else can uh, throw, shed some light uh, on that uh, please let us know staying on farming thanks to Harold Kingston the IFA Munster Regional Chair for this this is on the issue that we've been discussing about construction on farms uh, just to say that the IFA President has been in dialogue with the Minister yesterday before the Cabinet meeting and afterwards with the importance of essential construction works on farms being allowed to continue. However despite some reports in the media there's no official confirmation as to what as to what can continue yet. We will update people when we have more news. Goodness, I, I thought I genuinely thought when I saw the list of construction work that's allowed to go ahead I just thought that nobody in a Dublin office had thought about agricultural construction but there is Harold telling us that the IFA president was in dialogue and was pointing out that how important it is, particularly for the people that we're hearing about this morning who are halfway through, you know, work, you know, one person has two weeks left and needs it for calves that are calving in two to three weeks. So it's, yeah. OK, thanks for that, Harold. And uh, keep us informed and uh, stay, stay safe. Good to hear from you. And hi, Patricia, my driving licence appointment was cancelled last July. And it was rescheduled onto January. Now I don't know what to do. Well, if you are an essential worker, you can still go along with the driving licence. But they're saying to everybody else, they're asking you to cancel. You don't have to cancel. If you want to go ahead and get your driving licence, you and you have your appointment, you are within your rights to go and do it. And if you stop by the guard, you just show them the reason that you're travelling outside your five kilometres. But what they're asking is uh, for people is to, get, to give up your appointment for essential workers and then reschedule to a new date. So, and I don't know if you're an essential worker or not. Some of your WhatsApps in. Oh, this is a good one. Patricia, what is the situation with children going into shops? 
Well, remember back in the lockdown in March, people were asked to leave children at home and in fairness, they did. I've just witnessed a parent with two boys. The boys are probably about 15 or 16 entering a supermarket in Bandon. Not one, wait for this, not one, including the parent, were wearing a mask. Could people please leave their kids at home? And a number of supermarkets, you'll see signs are even saying, whatever about children, are even saying to couples, you know, would you shop on your own? Do you both have to go in? Does the, the husband and the wife have to go in when you need to do your weekly shop or whatever you need to do? And what we're told in order to protect ourselves and to protect everybody else, you can go out for essential shopping. So you can go out to do your, your supermarket shop or your shop, wherever you go, your local shop, wherever you get your groceries from. But try and even cut down on those journeys. You know, try and make a list what you're going to need for the next number of days go out and purchase those and then for the remainder of the time we're asked to stay at home you know they're trying to stop people I think people going out on a daily basis I should I'll just pop to the shops I have nothing else uh, to be doing but certainly yes in the spirit of the restrictions and in the spirit of what they're trying to do to suppress this virus they are most supermarkets are asking people to please shop on their own. I mean, back in March, we had some supermarkets who were stopping parents going in with their children and were told to leave their children at the door. And if it didn't suit, they were saying, we'll do shopping online or we'll get somebody to do your shopping for you and, and wait in the inside in the car park. Now, that hasn't been introduced yet. It's not to say that it won't. But we're in a much more scarier situation now than we were back in March. So, yeah, it's not making any sense to me that families would be bringing children. Now, listen, I accept if you're at home with a young child and you can't leave a young child at home, but a 15 and a 16-year-old are well capable of sitting at home or at least staying in the car while you go into the supermarket to do your shopping. Do you really need to bring them in with you? And I am totally shocked to hear that all three entered without wearing masks. All I can hope for is that when they got in there, they put their masks on uh, immediately. Uh, Denise says, Hi Patricia, I am sickened listening to those pro-Trump people who've contacted your programme today. They sound to me like Bible-thumping, ultra-conservative, so-called do-gooders who will never leave people to make their own decisions about things like abortion and other social issues. I'm actually glad that I don't know any of them, says uh, Denise. Hi Patricia, Happy New Year to you. Many happy returns. Just wondering, is power washing an essential service under the construction sector. I didn't see power. I didn't see power washing under what is essential work, but they didn't break it down like that. I would suggest if you, there's power washing that you need that you need to have done, check in with whatever company is doing the power washing, and they'll they'll be able to tell you. I would have thought it's not an essential service at the moment unless it needs to be done in order for an essential job to be done, if you know what I mean. But if you need work like that done, then, you know, just contact the company and they certainly will let you know. Tim says, only innocent people would believe that second level teachers really do want to go to work. The Leaving Cert students should have some class time. Now is the time for them to clear up any doubts and to ask teachers to go over something again and show some examples which might have been puzzling or perplexing to them. This certainly cannot be done online. My work is not essential and I am in Tipperary and Waterford regularly but I'm mostly isolating. I am remaining as close to my five kilometres from my home as possible and will do so for the next month. But I must thank the Wexford financial chief at the council there who are paying their county councillors travel expenses for taking part in online meetings. Amounts have ranged from €400 to €650 
per dedicated hardworking councillor. That's on top of their paltry 17,000 a year if they do nothing. And that's a rather tongue-in-cheek comment from Tim. Please see Wexford people for more detail. That's their local newspaper. And I think that's not just happening in Wexford. I think that's happening in a number of councils that I don't know why or how it's been done, but some councillors are managing to get travel expenses when they're not travelling. I I don't quite understand how and why that that is happening but I don't, Tim, think it's only happening in uh, Wexford. Hi Patricia, I'm not very well educated but God Almighty, yet again, the off-licence are left open. Are they an essential service? They're giving out about house parties. Surely if there's no drink, there won't be any house parties. It makes no sense to me. And I meant to check this before I came on air this morning but I have a funny feeling I heard yesterday that take away, I know we've banned the takeaway pints, which was always a ridiculous situation that I was allowed to go ahead. I must, if somebody can check this for me, I know John Paul might be able to do it, that takeaway drink in the United Kingdom, in England, I have a funny feeling has been banned or they're introducing the, are they limiting it or are they banning takeaway drink, which would mean the off licences. I get that checked, but I have a funny feeling I heard something yesterday evening that I meant to check, but then what was going on in America overtook my train of thought and uh, I straightaway was engrossed with what was happening there so I will get that checked but no off licences are still remaining open in this country Hi Patricia the government are trying to please too many all they're doing is thinking about votes. They're picking and choosing sectors that are safer over others that are not. We are certainly in a wor- worse position now than we were in March. John says uh, Michal Martin was using his head to let everybody have a lovely Christmas. Michal Martin is only trying to keep people on his side. He is thinking well ahead. He's took a gamble with COVID, but COVID is winning big time. Uh, the buck stops with him. So John is blaming Michal Martin on teachers. Put teachers on a COVID payment. That will get their attention. Good morning. It says another listener. I'm referring to Jerry, who joined you earlier, who was critical of the government and all of the politicians about the pandemic. Seriously, it's very easy to blame the government. It's the people of Ireland who didn't obey the rules who are responsible for us being in the situation we are in. Again, the whole world is going through this. It's just do we all just need to sit back, stick to the rules and regulations and pray. If you want to pray, pray that this time will pass and pray that it will pass soon. John says, why aren't people up in arms over the decision that Micheál Martin made to have Christmas? Now look at the state of the country. He's trying to lead us out of COVID, but instead I feel he has led us into the eye of the storm. It's simply not good enough. People were glad to have Christmas and wasn't Micheál Martin a great man for allowing Christmas? But look at the bigger picture. He has us in the soup now. Look at all the death on his watch and the deaths that will happen in the coming weeks, says uh, John. Mary says, Happy New Year. Thank you for that. Uh, Patricia, how come the government didn't close the off licences? All the pubs were closed. Put a stop to the house party. That's more on saying the same thing. Rose wants to know who in the government have actually listened to the medical advice. Well, they do get briefings daily from uh, Neffet. And Mary is very critical of the changes for people coming into this country and they must have a negative COVID test and when I was asking Adam Higgins the political correspondent this morning somebody said what will happen if you get off a plane coming in say from Heathrow on Saturday and you don't have a negative COVID test what will happen and Adam was explaining well you could either be fined two and a half thousand euro or you could end up with six months in jail uh, Mary says I take it for if it's an Irish person then they did have to spend six months in prison and if it's non-Irish then the fine of two and a half thousand 
crazy, says Mary. They should all be just put back on the plane and not allowed stay here if they arrive without a COVID test. 1850-333-103. Some of your commentary coming into us uh, this morning. Uh, keep it coming. We are also looking for your pet questions for Jane Pickett. You can get those in and you can call John Paul 1850-333-103. And somebody wants to point out to, was it Nicolette who wanted me to highlight the milk in Aldi at the moment and how it's coming from Northern Ireland and was wondering was it something to do with Brexit? Somebody wants to point out that the milk in Aldi at the moment is not coming from Northern Ireland. It's coming from Donegal and Donegal is not part of the six counties. So it's not coming from Northern Ireland. It is good quality Irish milk all the way from Donegal. Court today on C103. With McCroom Motors. Leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See McCroomMotors.com. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Before we go to Jane, just to quickly go through a few uh, comments that are coming in. How about takeaways, uh, Patricia? Are they allowed to open such as uh, chippers? Yes, they are allowed. Uh, takeaways are still on the list and, and you can also do delivery of uh, takeaway food. Are hotels allowed to open? No, hotels are only allowed to open for essential uh, workers. Um, Patricia, Leaving Cert students returning to school on the 11th, is it just the sixth year class, the Leaving Cert class, or will it be fifth and sixth year? That's from Donna. No, as of now, it's just the Leaving Cert class, which is just the uh, sixth uh, year students only. Hi, Patricia. Could I travel over my five kilometre distance to take nature photographs? Uh, No. That wouldn't be in the spirit of the restrictions. And then a number of people are making the same suggestions. You know, for the people who are saying that they're taking down their Christmas decorations and that they have all these gorgeous Christmas cards and we can't find anyone, even though somebody said Cope and Mallow to try Cope and Mallow. At one stage, they were taking Christmas cards for arts and crafts. So somebody wants to put a call through there to see if they're uh, take, still taking them or not. But they did on a previous year, uh, some listeners said. But a lot of other people are making the same suggestion. Rather than put them into your recycling bin, keep the Christmas cards and cut off the front part with the nice picture. Somebody says use a crimping scissors for example and punch a hole. They make lovely gift tags for next year and you could while away an afternoon in lockdown making gift tags for next year and it'll save you some money as well in buying your gift tags for next Christmas. And Marie says on the the person who was on about why is the, does the butter seem so hard at the moment? Marie reckons that any time she switches brands and gets a cheaper brand of butter, she always notices that the cheaper brand uh, is very slow to go soft as opposed to her regular brand of butter. And Tommy in Fomoy says, I thought you're not allowed to go anywhere near a house or anybody else's garden unless it is essential. Yes, they, they are the rules and regulations under level five. But says Tammy. Our next door neighbours have lots of adults and children coming and going in of the house and this has been going on since the latest lockdown started. Are they exempt from the virus or are they just pure stupid? Also last Saturday they had two adults into their home all afternoon and night and the guests didn't leave until 11.30pm. Have the guards any powers in all of this? That's from Tommy in from Moy. 1850 Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group uh, joins us. Good afternoon to you uh, Jane. Hi, and how did you survive Christmas? 
Oh, I survived just about. It was, it was a quiet one all round for us, as I assume it was for, for a lot of people out for there. For everybody but, yeah. else, yeah. And did, were you on calls? Did you get any calls? I was a little bit. Uh, thankfully enough, it was reasonably quiet. All the pets seemed to be not wanting to get ill and being safe at that time. So that was good. Um, but a few calls as always. So it's, it's the nature, nature of the beast. It's, it's why why we're there at Christmas. There's always, always sick pets and they don't know it's holidays. So. OK, and today is traditionally the day that a lot of people are taking down their Christmas decorations. And we've mm-hmm. had a listener on to us uh, this morning uh, taking down the Christmas decorations and her Jack Russell bit into one of the baubles. Now it's broken into pieces. She thinks she's got all the pieces, but she thinks he may have swallowed a small piece seems in good form will he just simply pass it Mm. he may simply pass it if you've collected up all the pieces and you think something's missing just watch him like a hawk Um, it really depends on what you think it might be made of as well if it's one of kind of the the foam based baubles like very old style ones with paper it'll probably pass through there's nothing sharp in it if it's let's say a, a glass or a metal bulbble, that will be a little bit more concerning so I would say if he looks fine now just watch him really really carefully if you notice any sign that he's unwell in himself off his food or any kind of vomiting discomfort in the belly um, pop him to your vet for, for a check over it may just be precautionary but just, just to be on the safe side okay, so just keep an eye and may Mary is also taking down the Christmas decorations and a butterfly uh, has landed or she's just spotted a butterfly on her windowsill, brown and cream in colour. She doesn't want to put it outside because it's bitterly cold at the moment. Does she just leave it? What does she do with it? Mm. Now, I'll put my hands up and say I am no expert on uh, insects, butterflies. Okay. But my instinct would be very similar to this caller. It's really, really cold outside. And most of these creatures, if they have, if they are still alive and if they are hibernating or in a kind of a hibernation-like state inside, um, then certainly if they were to be chucked out to the cold their chances of survival will be will be quite low, um, particularly if they're, let's say, a generally a spring-summer uh, insect or animal. So I would advise, if it's not causing any harm to anyone, I'd be inclined to, to leave it in situ where it is, certainly until the weather is warmer. Just leave it there. And could, yeah. could Jane offer advice on feeding the birds in this cold uh, weather? I read something online that we should put out water for them. Is that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I, I think it's really interesting. Generally, water is not the thing that causes them a lot of grief, but I think it is good practice to have water around um, and fresh water because a lot of the time it'll be contaminated water sources. Um, out in the countryside, it's quite easier for them to find water unless it's absolutely frozen because normally there'll be, let's say, uh, there'll be water troughs, that kind of thing, knocking around lots of big puddles. Um, in an urban environment, it's not so easier for them to get that kind of thing. So it's really important, particularly in urban environments, that they have a little dish of water outside. The really important thing in frozen weather like this is that they have unfrozen water so if you are really nice and put your little dish outside just make sure it's not frozen solid because they, they won't be able to get at that um, feeding the birds I think is really really vital particularly in weather like this um, if the ground is has a, a period of a few days of being quite frozen solid or has a, let's say, a fall of snow, they will really struggle to eat anything. Um, if it's a prolonged period, it becomes a lot more a lot more serious for them because they won't have the reserves of the previous few days of, of eating of eating what they would normally eat in the environment um, because the, the ground will have been frozen. So I would say feed them as much as you can. 
the best thing to do is if you had feeders out all year round, you have the most likelihood of being able to help them out. If you put a feeder out now, it's still better than nothing. Just to be aware, because it's a new thing in their environment, they're unlikely to go very near it and certainly to feed from it immediately. They need to kind of acclimatise and realise it's not, not something scary okay. and get over the point of um, wanting to kind of become curious about it and realise that it's food. So I think it's definitely worth doing because there's plenty of the winter left. Um, if you have a bird feeder out in the environment, definitely fill it up. Um, one thing that I found really interesting is we have lots of small birds around where I am at home um, and we noticed some of the bigger birds were jumping onto the feeders and, and knocking off a lot of the food and making it so that the the birds couldn't get at it. Um, but really interesting thing you can do is if you have, let's say, we had an old dog crate at home, so it's a, a wire dog crate, and we popped it outside, popped the feeders inside so the little birds can get in through access the food, but the bigger birds wouldn't just get in. So just think a little bit creatively about how you can sm- help the small little ones out because the bigger ones, magpies, the crows, for example, they won't have much problem feeding. They do have a tendency to bully the smaller ones for sure. They okay, <laughs> stay, staying on weather related, uh, this listener says, everywhere I look on Facebook, there are posts about bringing in your pets, particularly during the school spell and while I totally agree with that but I have a snow dog and he's got a double coat and has no interest in coming into my lovely warm house. He'll only come in if it's raining. Is it okay to leave him outside during this cold period? P.S. He can come in anytime if he wants but he just doesn't want to be indoors. Made to feel guilty dog owner says that Dexter. Uh, our, our listener is definitely trying to do the right thing here. Uh, I think the main thing is you should hit the nail on the head. Option is what this dog needs. It needs the option to come in. If it has a double coat, it's a, a snow dog, let's say a husky or um, something of that ilk that would be bred for a, let's say, a very harsh environment, then they may have the building blocks of being able to survive in cold weather. But the important thing to remember as well in the background is that we have them, although they're kind of genetically made to survive in a harsh environment, we have them 99% of the time in this country in quite a, a mild environment. So that will change um, the environmental kind of expression of their coat being extra thick. So if they were in a much harsher environment, their coat would actually be much, much thicker than it is even naturally in this country. So although they're, let's say, harsh environments, we have them in an environment where they probably won't be expressing a lot of those traits and growing a big, big, huge fluffy coat like they would in harsh weather. That said, if your dog does have a very fluffy coat, as long as it has the option to come in and out, I think that's the main thing. I think my, my gut feeling with most dogs in this weather, keep them in. But in this particular case, if you've given them the option, he really doesn't want to come in. They have their own mind. They have their own personalities. Just make sure he's nice and secure and he has the option to come in and he should be fine. Because you, you will see photographs, particularly on Facebook, of other dogs who are nearly, in, if it's an open fire, is in the house and they're so close, they're nearly in the fire. They will just like oh, the heat. I, I, Absolutely. I have one of those. Oh, do you? I swear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Keep fire guard her up or else she's trying to jump into the fire. She just gets so close to it. Yes. Some of them love so, us. Some yeah. of them love us. Yeah. OK, so don't feel any way guilty to, to, to that listener. Uh, and then somebody yeah. else has a problem. How she's trying to get six cats to do their business in a certain area of the garden. But for some reason, they keep doing it on an area where she's just recently put down uh, stones and she's trying to direct them away from that. Is there any spray she can put on it? so that they'll move to another part of the garden to do their business. Just mind them doing their business in the garden but she just is picky about where they're doing it. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. If you're trying to kind of cultivate a nice area in the garden it would be best if they didn't do their business there. The reason that they're probably wanting to go in the stones 
something that they can um, dig up very much like a cat would do in a litter box. So it'll be a kind of a natural place that they'd want to go. First things first is I would make sure that you wash down the stones. You try and get rid of some of the smell of the, the urine and feces that have been there because they've kind of designated that their toilet now. So you need to remove remove any scent from there. There are um, products on the market, sprays and gels that are pet safe but pet deterrent and um, there's plenty of brands on the market do a google or ring your local vet because normally they will have something in stock i know the one we have is, is called get off i think and it just has a, a an odor that they won't want to be around as it were it's not 100 percent foolproof but um it's definitely something that you could try okay all right listen have a good week and we'll chat to you again next thursday Thanks, Jane. Bye-bye. That is uh, Jane Pickett from the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group. Somebody says little milk comes from Oma. And actually, Kalik got back on to us who had raised the issue of the the, the milk uh, in Aldi. And she says it's not coming from Donegal. And she sent me on a photograph of it. It is. It says UK County Tyrone on it, is what it says on the back of the milk uh, carton. Hi Patricia, when I, well, while I can accept that teachers are concerned, spare thought for bus drivers who have worked relentlessly since the start of this pandemic, along with other people who are working in essential retail like supermarket workers, bin men, lorry drivers, delivering essential services. That's from a Killarney listener. There are many people who have worked right throughout this uh, pandemic. And uh, Jimmy in, in Castle Magna says, no wonder things are as bad as they are when you have one of your listeners, Patricia, contacting the programme asking, can they travel more than five kilometres to go out and take nature photographs? That's my leave you for today. Thanks to uh, JP. Very busy today. Nick Witcher for the afternoon. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 10. Court today on C103. With McCroom Motors. Leading the way for Toyota hybrids. The place to order your 211 Toyota. See McCroomMotors.com Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.